In today's brief, we'll talk about flood water, defense spending, and the complete obliteration of a Russian battalion near Pietekhatke. I'm Yulia, and today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. The best day of my life. No, really. My green card petition got approved today, and that means I get to go back home to Ukraine, where I have not been for seven years. So yeah, be happy for me, if you want to. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. On June 17th, Ukrainian forces launched a successful assault in the Orykhiv direction in Zaporizhia Oblast, targeting the outskirts of Pietekhatki settlement while employing different tactics and gaining ground against Russian forces. Ukraine's defense ministry officially confirms that the Ukrainian army has liberated the settlement of Pietekhatki in the Zaporizhia region. Over the past two weeks, Ukrainian forces have liberated eight villages in the Berdyansk and Melitopol directions, according to Ukrainian Deputy Defense Minister Hanna Malyar. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine reported that Russian forces made unsuccessful advances towards Orykhovo-Vasilivka, Krasnohorivka, Mariinka, Pobeda, and Novomikhailivka in the Donetsk region. Over 1,000 Russian troops are alleged to have been, quote, eliminated, end quote, including approximately 300 troops near Pietekhatki and Jerebyanka, according to Russian sources, completely wiping out the Stormosisha battalion and their commander. The general staff also reported that occupation forces at checkpoints at the entrance to flood-damaged Oleshki in Kherson are conducting vehicle inspections where they, quote, withdraw humanitarian aid directed to the affected population and take it away, end quote. According to Deputy Defense Minister Malyar, Russia has deployed more troops to Ukraine's eastern front, trying to, quote, seize the initiative, end quote, towards Liman and Kupiansk. Russia has started relocating forces from the eastern bank of Dnipro River to the Zaporizhia and Bakhmut areas, according to the UK Defense Ministry, adding that Moscow likely believes that an attack over the Dnipro is less likely after the flooding caused by the destruction of the Kahovka Dam on June 6th. Ukrainian Minister of Defense Oleksiy Reznikov said of the counteroffensive, quote, Now it is impossible to expect that everything will happen as quickly as it happened with Kharkiv because the front line is entirely different, and the terrain and weather conditions. Plus, the Russians had the opportunity to prepare. The density of minefields there is incredible. And, unlike the Russians, Ukrainians protect the lives of their soldiers." End quote. Moving on to the home front. During this evening's address, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky seemed to respond to Russian dictator Vladimir Putin's assertion that five Patriot air defense systems have been destroyed in Ukraine, stating that, in fact, none of the Patriot systems have been destroyed. And we also only have two. 
Russian forces shelled Boroslav in the Kherson Oblast, wounding three civilians and damaging at least five residential buildings, two private residences, and an administrative building. The Security Service of Ukraine, or the SBU, detained an employee of a local Ukrzaliznitsa station in Pavlograd for passing on the routes of Ukrainian equipment involved in the counteroffensive to Russians and plotting to blow up a railway in the Dnipropetrovsk region. He was reportedly recruited by Russia early this year and faces life imprisonment for, quote, high treason, end quote. The Chernihiv deputy mayor has been detained on charges of embezzling 30 million hryvnias, about 812,000 U.S. dollars, of state funds allocated to purchase a new transformer for a local thermal power plant station that was damaged by Russian attacks last spring. An important health note. According to the Ukrainian health ministry, water downstream from the destroyed Kohovka dam remains, quote, highly contaminated, end quote. The report states that at least 30% of samples taken from the surface water bodies and recreation areas in Kherson, Odessa, and Mokolaev oblasts do not meet hygiene standards in the aftermath of the dam's destruction. Odessa oblast is reported to be under the greatest threat, quote, with the most significant and constant exceeding of sanitary chemical, microbiological, and toxicological indicators, end quote. The cost to restore housing and infrastructure in the affected areas of Kherson Oblast alone will be roughly 60 to 70 billion dollars, and it will take 5 to 10 years to complete with a construction workforce of 1.5 million, according to Ivan Parahinets, a department head at Ukraine's Academy of Construction. Ukrainian Prime Minister Denis Shmuhal said yesterday that up to 49% of Ukraine's expenditures, over $15 billion, for the first five months of 2023 were used for defense and security purposes. Writing on social media, quote, We continue to direct all of citizens and business taxes directly to fund the military to ensure our victory, end quote. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, the head of the office of the president of Ukraine, Andriy Yermak, asserted that there can be no talk of negotiations while Russian troops are on Ukrainian soil, saying, quote, Ukraine will never compromise with Russia regarding the territorial integrity of our state, end quote. A survey conducted by the Kyiv International Institute of Sociology found that while 73% of Ukrainians want some changes in the composition of the central government after the war, only 23% responded that they would prefer a president other than Volodymyr Zelensky. Next, the occupied territories. While it appears that the media blackout in the Kherson region has relaxed somewhat, we will still err on the side of caution and refrain from reporting on evacuation efforts unless announced by Ukrainian government officials. According to the preliminary data from Ukraine's National Resistance Center, more than 500 residents of the temporarily occupied village of Olashke on the left bank of the Dnipro the occupied one, have died due to the flooding from the Kahovka Dam. 
Multiple sources have reported that Russian occupation forces refused to evacuate those who did not have a Russian-issued passport. Images obtained by the Associated Press, taken from a drone above the Kahovka Hydroelectric Power Plant, HPP, on May 28th, a week before the dam collapsed, appear to show an explosive-laden car on the roadway over the dam. Russia has denied the United Nations access to the flooded areas of occupied Kherson. Surprise, surprise! A UN representative stated that the UN would continue to do everything possible to help the victims, including those affected by the explosion of the Kahovka HPP. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov announced that Russian occupiers will not allow UN representatives to visit the flooded areas of the left bank because it is, quote, difficult to guarantee security, end quote. In the Zaporizhia region, the general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine reports that Russian forces are mining private plots of land, and in Pokrovsky there are reports of occupiers looting the property of civilians who refused to obtain a Russian passport and fled for the territory controlled by Ukraine. Russian media report that a car carrying a Russian-appointed assistant to the so-called deputy prime minister of the Zaporizhia region exploded in Simferopol. Volodymyr Epifanov, his bodyguard, and his secretary were hospitalized. Preliminary data indicated a gas cylinder explosion. Civilian mortality from natural causes in Russian-occupied Mariupol has now surpassed 400 people per week and continues to rise, according to the National Resistance Center. This is more than two and a half times higher than during the peak of recorded COVID deaths. 200 instances of sexual violence by Russian forces have been recorded in Ukraine. 140 cases were against women and another 13 were against minors, according to Prosecutor General of Ukraine. The prosecutor's office noted that the real number of victims is likely much higher. Let's take a look at the news outside of Ukraine. First, the Russian Federation. British intelligence reports that Russian occupation forces are now suffering their heaviest losses since the peak of the battle for Bakhmut in March. Russia's Ministry of Defense, MOD, is now recruiting prisoners whose crimes would have disqualified them from PMC Wagner Group, according to independent Russian news outlet Verstka. Can Russia's standards really go any lower? Multiple recruits serving in the Russian MOD's Storm Z unit have been identified as having past convictions for violent crimes. Belgorod Oblast Governor Vyacheslav Gladkov claimed that the Russian village of Valuki was bombed, injuring seven people. The claim is so far unconfirmed by independent media. Next, European news. European Commissioner for Internal Market, 
Thierry Breton, said in a June 18 interview that arms shipments to Ukraine are being accelerated to support the counteroffensive. The European Commission will hold an informal meeting on June 22, 2023, to address general issues, including its first oral assessment of Ukraine as a candidate country for EU membership. Oral assessments will also be given to Moldova and Georgia. Ukraine has met two of the seven conditions for starting EU membership talks, achieving progress in spite of the full-scale war. The Ukrainian Parliament Verkhovna Rada proposed to recognize Belarus as an aggressor country and break off diplomatic relations. As we should. The Defense Committee of the Swedish Parliament has stated that Russia could still launch a military attack on the country despite their ground forces being engaged in Ukraine, reporting, quote, Russia's ability to conduct air, sea, long-range or nuclear operations against Sweden remains unchanged, end quote. Ukrainian prisoners of war handed over by Russia to Hungary remain there, and the prospects for their return to Ukraine are uncertain. The head of the office of the Prime Minister of Hungary said that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Hungary informed Kyiv about the prisoners and that they have ceased to be prisoners once they arrived in the country. However, the spokesman of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, Oleg Nikolenko, has stated that all attempts by Ukrainian diplomats in recent days to establish direct contact with Ukrainian citizens have not been successful. Nikolenko added, quote, This, as well as the information received from some of them, shows that the assurances of the Hungarian authorities about the allegedly free status of Ukrainian defenders in Hungary are not true. End quote. Moldova's constitutional court banned the pro-Russian Shore Party, headed by exiled businessman Ilan Shore, who is accused of trying to destabilize the country, according to Moldova's president, Maya Sandu. She wrote on social media, quote, It is a decision expected by society, precisely because Moldovans value and want to live in a democratic state in a state based on the rule of law where criminal organizations are not protected but prevented from capturing the state." Quote. The Danish government has decided to increase military assistance to Ukraine under the Ukraine Fund to 21.9 billion Danish kroner, about 3.2 billion US dollars, in 2023 to 2028. Let's talk about news worldwide. The Bank of China is restricting yuan transfers to the EU, USA, UK, and Switzerland to Russian bank customers. During a speech at Kultaranta Talks, Finnish President Sauli Niinisto said that some countries, including major international players, seem to be sitting on the fence, with one leg towards Ukraine and the other towards Russia. He also noted that the Russian Federation is trying to incite against the West those countries that are outside the so-called Western camp. For example, 19 states have expressed interest in joining BRICS, which currently consists of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. 
President Niinisto warned that if it happens, the group will represent more than half of the world's population and suggested that, quote, only a stable and just peace for Ukraine can lay the foundations for a future in which the international legal order will be respected and the strongest do not think they have the right to subjugate the weak. A stable and just peace for Ukraine can lay the foundation for a stable future in Europe, end quote. The UK will not lift sanctions against Russia until Moscow pays compensation to Kyiv, according to British Foreign Minister James Cleverly, who also announced new legislation which provides for the possibility for sanctioned Russians to donate frozen funds for the reconstruction of Ukraine. As if they will. Look how that turned out with the sale of Chelsea and Abramovich. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced that the U.S. and its allies received guarantees from China not to provide military aid to the Russian Federation in the war against Ukraine. At the same time, the U.S. is concerned about the possible transfer of technologies to Russia by Chinese companies. Washington has urged Beijing to exercise vigilance. Ah, we just mentioned him. The former owner of English Premier League team Chelsea, Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich, refuses to sign an agreement on the transfer of roughly 2.3 billion British pounds from the sale of the football, that's soccer for us American listeners, club to Ukraine. Abramovich wants part of the money to go to the victims from Russia, but the British and European governments are against it. Six Russian nationals affiliated with the International Olympic Committee, IOC, support Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine, according to an investigation by the sports news outlet Tribuna, published on June 19. Tribuna added that they have notified the IOC of their findings, but were ignored. Let's talk military tech. U.S. defense manufacturer Lockheed Martin has said it stands ready to help Ukrainian pilots fly and maintain its F-16 fighter jets if NATO states agree to send them to Ukraine. A Bradley IFV, that's an infantry fighting vehicle, saved the lives of Ukrainian crew from the 47th Brigade. While on a combat mission, the Tourette was damaged by a direct missile hit and caught fire. The crew evacuated safely and the driver mechanic was able to get the vehicle to a safe position and extinguish the fire. Had the crew been driving a Soviet-era BMP, the story likely would not have had a happy ending. French President Emmanuel Macron said that the first French-Italian SEMP-T missile defense system has already been deployed in Ukraine. Ukraine has received 45 fighter jets from Western partners, including 18 Su-25s, 14 MiG-29s, and 12 MiG-29AS. Ukraine hasn't received some of the weapons it paid for, and some of the donated weapons are only good for spare parts, according to official documents of the Ukrainian government. 
The New York Times reported that problems are inevitable in a large-scale procurement like Ukraine's. Citing Italy's delivery of 33 howitzers as an example, smoke was coming out of the engine of one of them, and coolant was leaking from the other. It's worth noting that Ukrainian officials have for the most part refrained from complaining about faulty equipment so as not to embarrass their suppliers. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please, consider supporting our work on Patreon. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone.